The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Here and analyze this some programming notes for tonight on Channel 12 as we wait for the Waste Management Authority. Wednesday, October 18th, the news hour, right? At uh, 7 uh, to 8 p.m., we'll hear everything uh, related to the two items that we spoke about just now the president being in the Middle East, and of course, uh, an anticipated second vote this morning at 11 a.m. for the speakership uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives. At 8 p.m., Nature, right? Witness the story of Pete Walsh a Tasmanian man who befriends a platypus he names Zoom. Wow, that should be nice. Right, Nature at 8. Nova at 9. Explore how life made the leap to land, turning a barren landscape into a lush green world. That's from 9 to 10. And then Secrets of the Dead at 10 p.m. Meet a couple who decorate their home with T-Rex skeletons. Wow. Right. When we are smile, we used to pronounce it skeleton, no? <laughs> it's a skeleton, but it's actually skeletons, right? And then, of course, at 11 p.m., I'm a more, I'm a important company to take us up to midnight. You know what I'm saying so. PBS was now at PBS News Hour at seven. Nature at eight. Nova at nine. Secrets of the Dead at ten. Amanpour and Company uh, at uh, eleven. You know what I'm saying so. Uh, so that's uh, where we got. Let me look at the tropical weather outlook, right? Um, for this morning at 8 a.m., right? For the North Atlantic, Caribbean Sea, and the Gulf of Mexico. East of the Windward Islands, showers and thunderstorms, right? That's AL94, associated with a broad area of low pressure located about 850 miles east of the Windward Islands. Continue to show signs of organization. However, it is not yet clear if the system has a well-defined surface circulation, Okay. Environmental conditions are expected to remain conducive for additional development, and a tropical depression is likely to form during the next day or so while the system moves westward to the west-northwestward across the western tropical Atlantic towards the Lesser Antilles. Interest in the Lesser Antilles should monitor the progress of this today, of this system, and watches may be required for some of the islands later today. Additional information, including storm warnings, can be found in high sea forecasts issued by the National Weather Service. Regardless of development, this system has the potential to bring gusty winds, heavy rainfall, and flooding to portions of the Lesser Antilles beginning on Friday. Formation chance through 48 hours, high at 80%. Formation chance through seven days, also high at uh, 80%. Uh, okay, so let me... Uh, Welcome the Waste Management Authority. Been a while, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, into the studios. Uh, Mr. Merritt, man, get closer to the mic, man. Where you been, man? <laughs> I know you've been busy, you know what I'm saying? But where you been? Been a while. Uh, good morning. How you doing? Good. Glad to have you here in the studio. You want to introduce all the big shots you got here this morning? What? Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm Executive Director Roger Merritt with the Waste Management Authority. We have Alex Bruni, our... Uh, engineer for uh, wastewater for the territory. Mm -hmm. We have Alice Crawl, my special assistant. And we have uh, Nazira Armstrong, who's our, um, she's our, our, our rock star for our communications group. Okay, good. 
I'm one of the rock stars. One of. One of. Yes. Well. Try, trying to be a team player, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So, so how's the Waste Management Authority in general? How's it going? I mean, we, we obviously we have a lot going on. We just had a uh, a fire in our green waste area over on St. Thomas at Bavoni. Mm-hmm. Um, took a while to, to put out, but uh, through all the... Uh, uh, assistance with all the different agencies with fire with uh, a lot of the local water haulers uh, you know WAPA supply water one and fire hydrants uh, A9 was a uh, that's our landfill contractor um, did a really good job in, in keeping it under control and making sure that it didn't actually spread to the landfill itself because it was specifically in the green waste area where we were taking we've taken green waste debris from uh, Irma Maria back in 2017 so um you know, you know. Outside of that, I mean, we things have been going well. We just had to had to deal with that issue. And then the rain uh, two weeks ago actually was like a godsend, literally a godsend with respect to that. Yeah, literally, it literally rained right when we pretty much had everything under control. So we, no. we really would have wished that it had rained maybe a week we, before. before. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. good. Um, the waste management authority is vested with uh, the infrastructure as it relates to the territory. For uh, what's it, wastewater systems, right? Um, and that's significant money, uh, anywhere from three to four billion territory wide. Yeah, right now it's uh, for St. Croix, it's, it's close to two billion. We've been dealing with uh, our contract, well, our consultant and FEMA, um, and we've been just kind of finalizing the uh, what the actual costs are going to be. But it's, you know, up, it's, it's up, about, to, up to now, yeah. Well, they gave us a, an estimated cost, but now we're in the final negotiating stage of uh, what this thing's called a fixed cost offer. Mm-hmm. And we should be getting that here sometime soon. It's going to be probably about one point, maybe 1.6 to 1.8 billion. What's the number St. Croix. What's the number for St. Thomas and St. John's? St. Thomas and St. John's will probably be about right around the same, maybe two. Maybe two. Really? We, yeah, we're still, we haven't, sub- we'll, we haven't submitted all the uh, applications for it yet because we've been focusing on St. Croix, but we have everything kind of set up. And ready to go with uh, with FEMA once we get a fixed cost offer for Saint Croix. So, 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 just so the public is aware of how the process works, that money is already set aside. Well, the money will be set aside in a, I guess, an account for us to be able to access once it's approved. So, 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 so but hasn't, hasn't, but hasn't so, the money been approved? Yeah, right, yeah, well, so right now we have, so we have thirty million dollars approved for uh, architectural engineering design. No, no, not, not that part. I'm talking about the big figure. Yeah. Uh, who, who determined? That it would be up to two billion for one district uh, and the other. Yeah, FEMA, Federal Federal Emergency Management Agency. FEMA, FEMA did that, right? Right. So, so, so that approval is locked in. So for Saint Croix, it is for Saint Thomas and Saint John. We're you know we're submitting applications, but that it's estimated to be the same, roughly the same. But FEMA, FEMA has already mandated that this money is going to be available for these particular yeah, FEMA, projects. FEMA, so for St. Croix, FEMA mandated, well, they, they, so we looked at the whole entire system territory-wide mm-hmm. and discuss, in discussions with FEMA, we talked about, you know, replacing everything or actually just fixing, repairing everything, what the cost would be. And then when we looked at the cost to fix everything, then it made, and you look at whether, whether fixing or modifying things or replacing the cost to replace was actually just the same as 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 uh, repairing, so it made more sense to to do prudent replacement. So that's how this whole, whole thing started. Okay, okay. Mr. Bruni, morning. Pull that microphone closer, cause people need to hear you. Yeah. How are you? Good. How are you? Morning. Good. Introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us about yourself and all that stuff, and then uh, I'll 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 play the heat after that. <laughs> morning. I'm Alex Bruni. I am the engineering manager for um, WMA. I've been with 
the authority since its inception. I'm a civil engineer, trained by profession, and I've been doing both solid waste and wastewater for the past 20 something years. What, what, what's the status? What's, what's the biggest difference between wastewater and solid waste? 20 years ago, when, when um, George Moore had to apply the heat on the government of the Virgin Islands, which led to the creation of the Waste Management Authority, and today? Um, different rules and, and, and procedures that we are now following, making things better for um, the environment and making strides towards um, closing the landfill and, and, and expanding and um, overall just doing things differently um, so that we can have a better lifestyle within the Virgin Islands. So it's more a policy, a, regula uh, uh, a regulatory thing than, than this, what we did uh, back in the day? Um, yes, yes, I know. It's, it's where we're going right now is more of a change in our lifestyle, the way that we are accustomed to operating within a territory. Uh, we're moving towards waste diversion territory-wide, and that would come about the way that we dispose of our solid waste as, as throughout the territory. For example, instead of just having a bag and just putting all your belongings into the trash and you dispose of it, we're going to be moving into um, different plastics and, and glass and, and different aspects to try to expand the life of the, the landfill. If you think about it, the less we put into the, the landfill, the more the, um, the landfill will, will last. Okay. Well, that's, that's basically uh, what we want before I bring the young lady in. Uh, Mr. Merritt, what's our current relationship uh, with the Federal Emergency Management Agency. I know, uh, you know, we, we're, we're six years removed from hurricanes that literally, you know, inconvenienced us for years and and it's supposed to, you know, uh, allow for us to, to harden our infrastructure and, and put infrastructure in place that'll last us for another generation. What's the deal with that? Yeah, I, I, mean, I think we have a good relationship with not only FEMA, but with, uh, for on the waste management side, I say we deal with the EPA, EPA we deal with the yeah. Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have a good relationship. Now, I mean, even if you take it one step further, I don't want to speak for other agencies, but, you know, WAPA's getting money for prudent replacement um, and other, you know, other agencies here throughout the territory. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you, you say from for we're doing things that, that will make an impact for future generations. I think FEMA is kind of partnering with the Virgin Islands to make sure that, you know, after uh, Irma Maria, that they assist us in basically re replacing our entire infrastructure. I mean, you, you, you first got here when? Uh, first time I was here in 2016, left in 2018. Okay, good. We've had a number of um, agency leaders, Waste Management Authority agency leaders, since its inception, I'd say, what, 2004? 2003, 2004. And unfortunately for the Waste Management Authority, I know I sound like an apologist, but I'm just stating the facts here. The creation of the Waste Management Authority, right, coincided with an energy crisis here in the Virgin Islands. And as a result, the Waste Management Authority, and I know it might sound weird to those who are listening, but they, 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 really, been ha they really haven't been given, haven't been given a fair shake from the standpoint that in order for waste management to really be uh, effective, the community got to pay a part of the cost. And that has not been the case. The government has funded its existence from day one. Right. So I'm just stating the facts here. If I'm wrong, I could, I could try your best to counter, but you really can't because these are the facts. Uh, so how do we get WAPA 
right? And that's what we need. The first thing we need is for the cost of energy to get down to reasonable and and fair levels because that has not been the case, which would allow for the Waste Management Authority to implement those costs to me and everyone else who live here in the territory, like a conventional Waste Management Authority uh, structure is 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 uh, you know, implemented. Well, you know, what what we've been doing, you know, we we implemented the tipping fees at the landfill, mm-hmm. and that was back in 2022. And before we get to that, I need for you to speak to your need to communicate with WAPA because and get WAPA to understand that a prerequisite for the Waste Management Authority to literally have the, the right kind of effect is for WAPA to actually do what they need to do. You know, from a from a you know, I've I've spoken with WAPA on different things and, and how you know both of our agencies can can work together and and, and get some things accomplished. That's what I'm talking um, about. Yeah. You know, you know, you know. I mean, it's thing for you to tell WAPA what to do, right? But the point that I'm making is that they need to know that you are dependent. The therapy, the people of the Virgin Islands are dependent on WAPA taking the requisite steps for other parts or other other roles to actually, you know, have genuine effect. Well, I mean, I, I think WAPA knows their importance in the territory, right? I think, um, you know, I, I like I said, I don't want to speak for WAPA, but I, w- I will say that, you know. Speak for the Waste Management Authority. Yeah, as the Waste Management Authority, I mean, we, you know, we, you know, I've, I've testified to this before. Um, you know, we we get $35 million from the general fund. Uh, the agency actually is, a, you know, we, we spend about $50 million, and that's on solid waste, wastewater, um, and everything associated with making sure we're maintaining compliance and protecting human health and the environment here in the, in the, in the Virgin Islands. So you work at a, a structural deficit, an annual structural deficit, where yes. you're only getting, yeah. you only appropriated 70% of what you need? Yeah, and so what we're now, what we've done, you know, we, we do, we've taken steps to try and help ourselves. So we've looked in uh, internally what we can do in-house on the solid waste side and on the wastewater side. Mm-hmm. So we started collecting, like over here in St. Croix, we started collecting uh, some of the house-to-house on St. Thomas, we've collected some of the bin sites. On St. John, we've collected some of the bin sites. On the wastewater side, we've purchased some additional equipment so we can actually do some of the maintenance ourselves uh, when there's a, a broken sewer line. So there's there's things that we've done that we've saved. You know, we've saved millions. I mean, when I first got here, we were at a structural deficit of sixty million. So we've we've basically got that down to ten million. The landfill tipping fees. Uh, right now, we're, we're we got about two million dollars last year. They're going up every they go up every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we you know we're we're expecting to get about anywhere from two to three million or well, three million dollars next year. So we're doing things to help ourselves. I mean, I mean, ultimately, though we do you know you mentioned the uh, just just costs associated with, uh, with with trash with picking up trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, we right now you're right. The, the the government gives us appropriations, but we don't get any. There's no cost to uh, any of the residents here, so it's it, it, this is something that we do based off of government appropriations, based off of you know some of the revenue that we're making, but it's still it's not enough. So, you know, we still we still know that that's going to have to happen at some point. Now, Mr. Bruni talked about uh, waste diversion, so there's going to be some things that we're going to implement here. We have a lot of grant money that's helping us build some more convenience centers here, like Peter's Rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start implementing waste diversion. There, that'll actually save us uh, space in the landfill. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, to, I mean, you, you said it, you, to have a fully functional system and a fully functional solid waste infrastructure, we need additional revenue to, to maintain that system. I mean, I think, you know, every time, uh, you know, from a from the standpoint of solid waste or wastewater, you know, that, that 
that that structural deficit that I mentioned, that takes into account all the emergencies that we've that we have to deal with. So mm-hmm. we we get calls on a regular basis about the 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 sewer system, you know, having issues. Now that's going to be an issue of the past soon, but prudent replacement, you can't. We can't just snap our fingers and have the whole entire wastewater infrastructure replaced here in St. Croix. That's going to be a phased in thing. So that's going to take a while. So, you know, and and in order for us to do that and maintain compliance in the system as well, I mean, that that takes money. So let me go to the young lady over here so you could take a you could take a ease you know what i mean and relax a relaxer. young lady introduce yourself again to the public okay good morning everybody mm-hmm. hi i'm nazira armstrong and i'm the environmental educator over on st croix mm. what, what's the deal right now um as it relates to waste management education for the people of the virgin house okay the focus right now. i like that question okay <laughs> so with our over on st croix in particular we just did a really fun presentation with three to six years old over at the St. Mary's school where they got to do the whole inside to outside every function of a garbage truck and we will be back. So we're bringing, we're bringing ourselves into the community and into the schools. So where people can see that these are not just people outside doing this. We're not just fixing wastewater. We're not just picking up your trash. We're community members and we're here to educate the community as well. Mm -hmm. So that was a wonderful experience. And we also have, I think, four upcoming schools for October that we're going to be. And then I think three in November. And those are after school programs as well. Name the schools real quickly if you can. Okay. I know we're going to be going to Juanita Garden. I'm supposed to be at Yulali Rivera. I will be working with Kane Bay Cares and it may be Pearl B. Larson okay. for October. Mm-hmm. What about St. Thomas? St. Thomas, I know that next week we're going to be doing, is it next week? The 28th, yes. Mm-hmm. The Energy and Sustainability Fair. And there's also a partnership with Eco School over in St. Thomas. So they visited, I believe, Eudora Ken two weeks ago. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. We got the Waste Management Authority uh, here uh, in the studio. Uh, glad to have them here. Uh, don't forget, um, you know, we need to get uh, our energy costs down as a territory. And that would allow for so many other things uh, from a developmental and a sustainable uh, standpoint uh, for the territory. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peters Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. 
Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective... Music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. this we got the waste management authority uh here uh in the studio i'm gonna let everybody introduce itself starting with you mr bruni come right across again um alex bruni engineering manager um wastewater hi good morning alice cross special assistant to the executive director mary uh, roger mary executive director for the waste management authority and Nazira Armstrong, environmental educator. That's awesome. Thank you very much, all four of you, for joining us uh, this morning. Alice Crow, take the microphone now, man. How you been, man? Good morning. I've been doing well. Good. How about yourself? I good, I good. So you are Biobat Virgin Islands, with <laughs> <laughs> management authority. Right. Uh, no, I just having some fun there. That, 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 that was, that's a good relationship that the Waste Management Authority established with this mainland company in terms of getting data and letting us know um, literally where we're at through wastewater treatment. Right, and we've been doing this since uh, 21, mm -hmm. February of 21, and we're excited. We were just testing for all the COVID and the COVID variants, and we're excited that now we're, in, we're working together with DOH, Department of Health, mm -hmm. and we just, just actually this month, we're adding a whole lot of more testing to our sampling, which includes, I don't know if they mentioned it, but it's going to, we have a respiratory panel, which includes COVID-19, as well as influenza, mm -hmm. influenza, RSV, and we're also doing a high-risk panel substance which includes metamphetamine, fentanyl, and cocaine. So all these things are going to be added to our testing results. I was just going to actually say, look at you, don't know what time it is already. Uh, so it ain't just limited to COVID like it originally was back uh, two plus years ago. We're incorporating right. uh, other things, other uh, variables that we're testing for right now. Right, we're going to test for all those viruses, and we're very mm -hmm. grateful for the Department of Health to, they're working very closely with us, and they had they had some grants they said they were available to use for this, but it's gonna, it's actually the same one sample we're taking at our five treatment plants through the territory. We're just adding this additional information, which we derive from these samples. Okay, no. So that's starting this month, actually. Okay, that's good. Now, talk about how this relationship actually was established and costs and all that stuff. The relationship with Biobot? Well, Biobot, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, originally I had just seen something on the... Um, 
the internet, Trevor right? Noah show, and I just oh, okay. oh, yeah, really? I saw a little quip on it, and they they were interviewing the the Biobot president, Nushigali, and and it was really you know he does always a little jokester to it, but I called them up, and they were anxious to get into the Caribbean, so they uh, I. It was very easy. They were extremely excited about getting some outreach into the Caribbean area because they were only, they were in, I think, about 500 different locations in the states. Mm-hmm. They started in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they were they were working with the the thing there was really important when they do the COVID numbers like testing for clinical testing. They would also add the biobot testing because biobot could also predict some of the outbreaks within five to seven days by their data. Mm-hmm. So they were very anxious to work with us we've had a wonderful working relationship you know even we've been it's been evolving over the years where they started be checked for variants they had variant testing they just it was a new they kind of they were doing testing for um high-risk substances and they morphed into covid testing and now it's a huge thing throughout the world wastewater epidemiology is a very important field no. to predict health emergencies everywhere in the world so no. that's what we're excited about um, of course no you said they wanted to get into the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So have they expanded since they got here in the Caribbean or is still they're still limited to the Virgin Islands? Um, I did check with them. I'm not positive, but I think they were trying to work with Puerto Rico, some of the Puerto Rico um, authorities. I'm not sure. As far as I know, we would be the only Caribbean nation of this um, or country at this time, okay. island at all. So okay. I'm hoping, you know, they were, they did do an outreach. I'm not sure exactly the results, but. No, because that's the case, then the Virgin Islands would stand to benefit because they started here. The genesis for right. whatever, whatever outreach that actually may happen or have happened with Biobot. Which it did start here. And that was yeah. why, you know, sometimes people get, I get a little overexcited about Biobot because it was something I knew nothing about, wastewater epidemiology. And they were so anxious to educate us. And they're so clear. And they, they're scientists. Were, you know, they've been on your show before. Mm-hmm. And they're just extremely, they're just in a huge field that can predict health emergencies in a way that they've never really anticipated. I actually saw, um, you know, some of our stations that we got on cable are um, New York City stations. Mm-hmm. And they were actually referencing um, potential uh, upticks in COVID because they're seeing it in wastewater right. treatment. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so that is is tangible proof that there is value in, with, with what with we're testing. doing with biobat and testing. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, when we first came on your show about a year and a half ago discussing this, you had said it's a tool. Mm-hmm. And it is a tool. It's yeah, just huh? one more piece of information. And remember, when COVID first came on the scene, it was a whole new thing no one really we were all trying to figure it out and that's why their their data is so critical so thank you very much uh alice cool mr merritt yes how you been man <laughs> been a while man i i we hadn't we haven't, we haven't talked for a while and of course uh, uh the, the reason why i like to go back and mr bruni if he's been at uh we Management authority uh from its inception is uh i i want the public to know this, right? The Waste Management Authority has been a controversial agency from its inception. Predated you. You come in 16. That means that uh, from its inception, that would be more than a decade before you got here. It also had the label, right, of being a dumping ground for a lot of political cronies. I'm going to be very honest with you. I was a senator for 12 years. I actually, when I started in 2005 and I, you know, was doing my research and I don't think people really understand how valuable the Waste Management Authority is 
can be and should be. I'm going to give you a perfect example. I'm watching a baseball game last week, and there's a ball hit the right field. I believe this was in Philly. And on the wall in right field, I see the Boy, WM. <laughs> the same, people, people think that this, they, they don't really, they ain't really grasping how big waste management is in the mainland and how the federal right, government has embraced the private sector value and the, and the relationships between waste management, uh, and, no, the relationships between the public and private sector as relates to processing waste in America. Please educate the public as to, to the best of your ability as to why we need a full embrace on both the public and private side in order for waste management and the processing of waste to actually be to the benefit of the people of the Virgin Islands. Yeah, well, <clears throat> so I've been working in the industry for almost 30 years now. Um, and I've worked for waste management on both the non-hazardous side and the hazardous side. Um, waste management as a company in the States, they have over 300 landfills. Um, biggest company, think what, uh, I want to say about $12 billion a year company. Um, they provide... That's the know, green and yellow? Yeah, in, that's uh, the green, it, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they, so they provide services, you know, throughout the country. I mean, it's, uh, you know, waste management in general, not just the company, but in general, waste management is out. You know, I've, I've said it on this on uh, on your show before that, you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm biased, but I think that the Waste Management Authority is one of the most important agencies here in the territory because, you know, we're, you know, our, our we're isolated. Yeah, there's no grid. We're not sharing the processing of anything like right. I mean, like, even with the same thing with electricity. Yeah, and uh, you know, our, our our mission is to make sure we we protect human health and environment by also, you know, making sure we're processing, collecting, disposing of both solid waste and wastewater. Um, if we, you know, I guess a good example from you know what you're saying, uh, if you know during Irma Maria, if the landfills weren't able to continue processing waste or if our wastewater system, even though it was had a lot of issues during that time because of the, you know, being inundated with additional, uh, you know, uh, water from the storms, if we still weren't able to operate that to some kind of, uh, you know, functionality, then imagine just raw sewage in the streets, trash everywhere. Um, that that will become a public health crisis. Yes. So I mean, our so our authority is you know is very important. Not you know not just to the territory, but just in general the the handling and processing, um, collection and disposal of waste in general is something that I think uh, uh, you know a lot of people take for granted. You know, you, you mentioned waste management. So when when I worked there initially, we the company as a whole said that you know we're almost like a commodity. So when you, you know, if you if you have collection, if you have house-to-house uh, -house collection, you put your trash out um, one, you know, let's say Tuesday or something, whatever your collection day is. Uh, when you come home, first thing you do is you check the, you open up the lid to make sure the trash is gone. That's right. Right, and so what, what, what Waste Management was saying back, this was back in the um, early 2000s, is that we're such a commodity that people take it for granted and so they had to do something they actually did something different where they started partnering with the more of the public private partnerships that you mentioned but just starting to do more advertising so like you you saw that waste management on the in the in the field mm -hmm. so they partner with a lot of different cities and and companies just to make sure that people understand how how important waste management is um 
you know, from a societal standpoint. So, uh, you know, I mean, here, you know, in the territory, it's even more important because we're isolated and we only have, you know, we have one landfill on St. Thomas and one landfill here on St. Croix. And it's very important. We're not like the state of Texas or something where we can just fill up a landfill and just say, hey, we'll go, let's go over here. There's all this land and we can just build another one. So we have to be very, very um, efficient. Yeah. yeah. We have to be careful with, with what we're, you know, I've, I'm, you know, in my career, I've been a regulator. Um, I've been a consultant. I've worked on the private side with the waste management companies. I've done, you know, obviously been, been I'm here now. Um, but one thing we've always said is that we want to make sure that whatever we put in the landfill is something truly that can't be reused, repurposed, um, recycled, because you really only want to put stuff in the landfill that literally it's the end of its life cycle. And it's, and it's really just, you know, just trash. No, but you, you talk about, um, landfill, but recycling, uh, Mr. Bruni, right, is an important part of what waste management um, is supposed to represent as well, right? It's not just about the landfill and making sure that uh, what, what goes there is the repurpose and, and recycling, but, but there is a recycling component to waste management. That is correct. I think the most challenging part about doing the recycling here is our geographic location where anything that we recycle has to be shipped off island. Mm -hmm. If we could get companies to come in and try to repurpose or restructure that that um that material into something else here locally, that would help a lot because we could actually um employ individuals and try to do some type of exporting um versus just shipping raw material off island. So there's a local economic benefit in job creation. Oh, hopefully, yes. Once that happens. Uh, what, what, what's happened and um, Ms. Armstrong, um education is, is absolutely critical so that the public pull up the microphone so, so that the public uh, can be more informed about what we, re, what waste management at its apex could do for the Virgin Isles. Yes, I think that as an authority, marketing is very important. Even mm -hmm. though we're on government agency, we're not just dealing with wastewater. We're not just dealing with solid waste, but we have both. And giving out all that information so often can be very overwhelming to mm -hmm. the public. Mm -hmm. So talk so, about recycling and, and, and how we, we could benefit from that and what you do and what you're attempting to do and trying to do as well as educating the public. Okay, so currently recycling within the agency is still in the developmental phases, mm -hmm. but there are lots of individuals, lots of small companies, lots of people locally that are environmentally that are recycling on smaller aspects so we're actually going to be working on a spotlight program where we will feature these individuals here so we have a list both on St. Croix and in our St. Thomas and St. John districts where we're reaching out to see how did you get this what are your contacts and is there a way that waste management can help to support you to become stronger so that's something that will be developing shortly and i want everybody to follow our social media pages so that you can see these yeah, go developments ahead. Go ahead and promote them. so they're going so on currently active we have our facebook our instagram and our twitter they're all under the virgin islands waste management authority and these are all active we update regularly and we will be doing not only spotlights of community members and businesses, but of our employees themselves. Because a lot of our employees, if you're seeing the work every day, you're doing it, you notice what can be done, and mm -hmm. they do bring the ideas forward. So this is something that we want to show to the community. Good. Uh, Mr. Bruni, let me ask you this question. I could ask Mr. Merritt, but um, since, since uh, you, uh, I, 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 I could handle it, and I, I'll save the big administrative questions of Mr. Merritt. You, you go to, uh, to, to Peter's Rest, you got 
four or five different receptacle areas. Break them down for the public so they know that when they go there, they ain't just dump anything in, in the first available uh, the first available um, dump. Okay, or, so for the, for the most part, when Peter's Rest was designed years ago, it wasn't really designed to the point where we are doing the new convenience centers mm-hmm. that's coming out. That's the technology. I apologize. Convenience centers for for, um, for for recycling or waste diversion purposes. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, Peter's Rest has its um, compactors for general household waste. It has a bin for um, for bulk waste and and, and for metal, mm-hmm. um, and and that's about it. In in the in the future, once we get the the other convenience centers up and operational, we're hoping to have other. Um, Waste streams be able to be diverted from those locations as well. What 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 what's the the other uh, components that would that would max out what a convenience center provides? Well, it it, it varies from from place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I've been to convenience centers in the United States where it's it's again the landmass is is larger, mm-hmm. so they could have things set up uh, easier and 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 divert. A lot more waste than we we can here. So for us, we have to make that the um, the, the the decision as far as what type of waste that we're going to be diverting, what is a what kind of product will be more beneficial to to divert and so forth. So we are, we are still getting conversations with with different businesses um, within a territory. For example, glass. If we are able to crush glass and have it utilized by different entities within the territory, then we don't have to export that material and save us some money. Correct. So we're in conversation with, with various companies and hopefully um, we could reach an agreement with them and, and divert this waste and have it utilized locally. Question, um, while we go to the break to give you some time to process it because it's, it's a legitimate question, Mr. Merritt. He said, please inquire as to when the Waste Management Authority or the contractor will be covering the cross streets in town with a dry filling or the metal planks to better serve the community and uh, upcoming events for the holidays. Because, you know, we do a lot here on St. Croix with the festival. And and, and don't take it wrong. They're not knocking what you're doing. They just want you to know that um, as a result of what you're doing, you know, for every action, there's reactions and all that stuff. And the downtown Christian State area, which we're glad because you're repiping. You know, that's a good thing, right? Um, unfortunately... And when you do work and all that stuff, there's some inconveniences and all that stuff. So think that through. Uh, uh, you got a couple of minutes to process, you know. As I'm sure you already got the answer and all that stuff. Uh, and we're good to go. We got a waste management authority here. Thank you very much, audience, for the questions that you're sending. And if you want to call in uh, with a pointed question, right? 718-4555 or 718-0761. Be back right after this. Center and the VI Energy Office, in partnership with the Worldwide Universities Network, are hosting the second annual VI Energy Fair. There will be live demonstrations, interactive exhibits on energy and sustainability, and community leaders on site to discuss the territory's efforts to reduce energy costs. The fair takes place at the UVI Sports and Fitness Center on St. Thomas on October 28th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information, visit cgtc-usvi.org. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs. 
but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap, and the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Mario fue pintor más de 30 años. Cuando me dijo que se le estaban olvidando las cosas, fue difícil. Un día me dijo, me dijeron que pintara el marco del lado por dentro y pinté el lado de afuera. Yo le di a la gente que le diga a su familia lo que está pasando con él. Si algo se nota diferente, podría ser Alzheimer. Es momento de hablarlo. Visita alz.org diagonal nuestras historias para saber más. Un mensaje de the Alzheimer's Association y the Ad Council. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. this a hump day edition and we got the waste management authority uh here in uh the studio we got mr roger merritt mr nazaria right as a president nazaria armstrong mr. alex Bruni, and of course the one and only alex corlota seeing jen correct <laughs> out, of, out of love city so um mr merritt um ron phillips he works with your agency right he came in here and uh, explained to us to, told us the work that they were doing um actually spoke about the fact that um, we've got aging infrastructure, which is, to put it modest, it's, it's really bad. And it's not only impacting you, but it impacts the residents. Um, and, uh, water and Power Authority, uh, they came here to talk about some groundwater issues and all that stuff. So I think we're addressing that with the infusion of the pipes and all that. So if you will, uh, can you enlighten the public as to you know, how we're mitigating some of the work that you're doing uh, or some of the results of the work, the necessary work that you're doing in our towns and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll come. I'll let Mr. Bruni speak a little bit, though, too. But uh, I mean, our, our our infrastructure is is outlived its useful life by two to three times. I mean, mm-hmm. so I mean, some of the infrastructure here is, you know, let's say, fifty, sixty years old. So um, that's what prudent replacement is going to do. It's going to allow us to actually replace the system in, up to industry standards. So what's, we'll, what's a what's what's a traditional life thing? Uh, twenty. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. So we should be doing this. If we're doing this now in 2025, we should be doing this again in 2040, 2045 yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. or, or but, but put it this way, even if you're, even within 20 years, you can look at the system and see and actually, and, and make repairs to it. But if we have done nothing in literally 50, 60 years. Do, do we have the, the, the wherewithal to do that though? I mean, that might have predated you because you only got here at 16, but yeah. that, that might have been an issue there as well. You know, we didn't have the resources. And that's why it's good to invest in resources. 
Well, <clears throat> I mean, we talked about how waste management is underfunded. So I think that <laughs> that that's a that's a question that's already been answered. We mm-hmm. literally we have to do. You think about it. We have to maintain compliance and make sure that we're not impacting impacting the environment, the community, you know, as a whole. Mm-hmm. So whenever we, you know, we get we get calls, you know, on a on a regular basis saying that there's a let's say there's a manhole overflowing or, or uh, there's an issue, and we have to, you know, we investigate it. We will camera align and figure out what's going on and actually actually have to make those repairs. But now we're making repairs or, or replacing, you know, parts of the system with us being underfunded. So no matter what, we still have, but we know we still have a, that's our, that's our, uh, our mantra to make sure that we maintain compliance in the territory. So we still have to do it. It's just a matter of um, having to, 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 to juggle funds, do stuff and just make sure that we're doing as much as we can to make sure that we're not, you know, having a, a negative impact to either the community or the environment. Uh, Mr. Bruni, when I watch on a, a Formula One race and you're in the cockpit and the driver uh, he looking at his telemetry, but um, in the pit area, right? The team could actually see what's going on. They, they could actually see what the driver could see inside the cockpit. Does waste management have that ability, that 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 uh, overlapping infrastructure to know what's going on territory wide? Or this is all manual where you got to go out on the road to know like when something might. Uh, Gan Hewaya in the Mamiju, uh, Glen area, or in Bovonia, Nada. So we're getting there. Part of this whole system is to not just replace what's there, but to look at it from an engineering standpoint and make sure that the system functions and works correctly. Mm-hmm. Trying to eliminate areas where there's stagnant water, areas where we are um, experiencing high orders, trying to redesign the system so it, 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 it works. So, so will we have the technology? that will allow for Waste Management Authority and its specialists to potentially detect a problem before the community is exposed well, to it? Well, under, under does, does that technology exist, number one? And then number two, could we uh, implement that into our uh, you know, existence here? You have to understand, unlike WAPA, where uh, WAPA is mostly under pressure mm-hmm. and they could detect if there is a, a, a difference or variance in their, their pressure a lot of our lines are under gravity mm-hmm. so there's no really no way of telling if something's blocked up unless actually somebody makes the complaint which is why the quality environment is yeah, so yeah, important yeah, yeah. for us to do our job um, but looking at it as far as being able to to improve on what's there right now it'll be crazy of us to just replace the system that is the, the territory has developed since it was originally put in years ago. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at the system, do the hydraulics, make sure that it, it, it's functional. For example, LBJ. We have been having issues with LBJ pump station for years because of its close proximity to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, the electronics portion of it is it, it's constantly giving us problems because of the, the, the sand blast or the sea salt that, that um, interacts with the system. Not to mention, we had a break of, a few months ago Mainly because of the, the corrosion in the system. Um, we have gotten to a point right now where we used to contract that kind of work out, but our staff did that work in house. And, and so as we go along, we are learning, we are training our staff to do more and more and more. And like I said, it, it, it's, it's getting better. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, but we're getting there. Ms. Armstrong, anything else you want to um, enlighten us on? Because we spoke about marketing and all that stuff. Yes. I'm sure the other areas are that the public. 
uh, could be aware of things that we're doing. I see Miss Crow show me some stuff that they painted and all that stuff. Talk yes. a little bit about that. So over in our solid waste division, we've, as you guys know, on Synchro, we've recently started House to House collection. Mm-hmm. And with that, we've had a lot of developments. So, you know, when it started, it was real rough. It was real rough and real wacky. But as we practiced and we learned and we learned the roots and we built our staff, we have very little calls, very little missed pickups, and very little complaints from the public. But now that we're doing the work, we're noticing things that could be better. So, for instance, even a lot of it is just that the community doesn't know that it's making a job more difficult. So, let's say they call them the Hessman barrels. So those old oil gallons, Mm -hmm. we use them, we have them because our community is very resourceful. So we're going to use our old barrel to put something in, but these are people doing the job. So when I have to roll a barrel that's filled with water because we didn't drill a hole and push it over a truck, it can create an injury. So things like that, we're going to be educating the public. And when you're following our pages, we'll be sending out guidelines. These are do's and don'ts to make it easier for our community members, you and me, so that we can be as successful. That's right. I'm talking about Mr. Merritt, today's October 18th, uh, 2023. Um, give, me, give me some short-term goals. Where, where would you want to be six months from now as it relates to the Waste Management Authority? Uh, well, six months from now, we so uh, here April, on uh, April, right before Carnival 2023, 2024, where would you want the territory to be as a list of WMA? Well, here on St. Croix, we're we got an RFP out, a request for proposal out for uh building the three convenience centers here for Mamajou, Concordia, and Cotton Valley. So, and that should be, I think, the the end date for, for people to submit bids is the middle of next month. Mm-hmm. So, then we'll get that, review it, uh, you know, uh, identify the, the you know the respondent that has the best that has the best bid, and then hopefully start construction on that at the beginning of next year. So then, so so six months. That's something that we want to want to want to have started. Saint John, uh, Saint, Saint, Saint Thomas, Saint, Saint John. Saint short, Croix. short, short. Yeah, give me give me a short term goal for Saint Thomas and Saint John. Um, Saint. Uh, so I'm, I'm right now on the side of the side. I'm thinking convenience center. So Saint. Uh, St. Thomas and St. John, we have uh, Bournefield for St. Thomas, and we have uh, Susanna Burr for St. John. We're in the final application stage. We're working with the housing authority to purchase, uh, acquire some of the property around there, um, get that, get those applications out for, uh, get those RFPs out for bid, and hopefully get those in the in the uh, construction or at least on the design phase in the next six months. Uh, landfills, uh, we have grant money. Uh, the CDBG DR grant money for um, for a, basically really for for I'm saying correct for for Angola we're trying to do uh, start doing a phase closure so hopefully we get the funds by the end of this quarter early next quarter mm-hmm. we can actually start doing a design well we kind of have a design but we can start actually uh, doing some construction and start closing parts of Angola um, we also have a part of that is there's an area on the southeast side that we can actually um, that we can build that'll give us some additional space. So that's it, Angola. So um, it's just southeast. That's heading towards um, Vialco, to, yeah, to, 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 towards the um, aluminum. Yeah, it was yeah, in uh, yeah, Renaissance. Yeah, Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bavoni. I'm uh, just thinking about uh, solid waste with landfills. Bavoni. Just taking a look. We've been looking at Bavoni, trying to figure out. Um, from a from the standpoint of where we are, I mean, we still have we we have some uh, some time we have some time there, but uh, on a from a solid waste 
and then I guess this is an overarching goal too from us within the next six to nine months I say um, putting together a, a territory-wide silo waste management plan so normally what you want to have is something to, that you update every 10 years so okay. we're in the process of putting that together and I've said that a lot when we when, when I come on your show or in, in different discussions but with the convenience centers now coming online and we can start actually having a waste diversion uh, process uh, we have one of our grants we're going to put in a uh, have a have a standard operating procedure of what we're going to do in waste diversion how we're going to implement it it's going to talk about our community outreach so we so we educate the public I mean this, it's going to be a, a very comprehensive document um, and that'll help us and actually, like I said, help the community when you, when from a, from a waste divergence standpoint, a recycling standpoint in the States, uh, a, a community that is well-educated will recycle about 40%. And so we've never recycled before. So part of what Nazira and the rest of the uh, communications team is going to be doing is once we start getting this, these, these grants, which we actually, one of the grants, um, we just got from DPNR. Uh, in conjunction with EPA, here uh, we just signed, basically signed everything for to, to to begin proceeding using those funds last month. Is that there's going to be a lot of community outreach and and getting people to understand what waste diversion means and how that's going to how to do it. Because if we if we just say like the convenience centers, uh, or Mr. Bruni was saying, if we now let's say we have five bins and now one is dedicated for paper, one's dedicated for plastic, cardboard, or what have you. If we don't educate the community when they come, what, what we'll want to do is when they come to the convenience center, hey, make sure you have your your plastics in a bag. Go and put it in this in this uh, bin because if they if they don't do it if it's not done correctly, then you'll end up having you'll contaminate that whole bin because let's say you put regular trash in a bin that's full of plastic, mm-hmm. then then it basically will contaminate the majority of that bin. So now we can't recover. That, that plastic so that's the, so a lot of it's going to be a lot of a lot of educational education outreach. And, and, and all that stuff now you mentioned EPA um, I had them on last week uh, they're going to be here next week they're going to be doing a lot of things here in the territory yeah um, you, you're a part of that yeah your, your agency right yeah um, I think beginning on Tuesday the 24th um, they have uh, Community Environmental Dialogue down in Fredericksburg. Right. Right? That's at the um, Rotary Club. Yep. Right? Down there. Right? And then they, we got the Coral Reef thing going on. They got a Coral Reef uh, discussion, the 26th and the 27th. And then on the 27th, they're going to also be at St. Andrew's Church because they're, they're talking about Brownfields and all that stuff. So they're going to have a discussion at the St. Andrew's Church next week, Friday, I believe that is. Who's there? Okay. Right. Yeah, next week, Friday. Right? And then uh, on the... 31st, which is the Tuesday, they're going to be down in Fredericksted at the uh, Legion Hall down there as well to talk more about that. But they really want to get community input, right? That's what they're saying, right? Matter of fact, Zeno Bain, he's actually going to be on the show uh, with the table talk on Monday. So, you know, we're going to have some fun with him uh, on Monday. He's actually, We're actually lucky in that regard because he's from here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he has a real-time, you know, historical uh, knowledge of what we're dealing with here. Yeah, we, we, so, we work well with Zeno. So, so you're saying that uh, there's a good uh, line of communication yeah. um, with the EPA and all that stuff. And you have a role with Public Works, WAPA, DPNR, right? Those are the three main yeah. uh, entities that you have a relationship with, need to know what's going on. Government House, for obvious reasons. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, you, you feel good about, you know, after we make all these investments and all that stuff, uh, we're going to have a hardened 
uh, infrastructure that's going to be beneficial to the people of Virgin Isles? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be up to industry standards. I mean, uh, you know, right now we're it's it's a it's it's patchwork on the on the wastewater side. So somebody calls us today and we go out and uh, fix a. Oh, somebody, somebody will call us and say there's an issue somewhere in the territory. We uh, we go out there, we make a repair, but it's just a repair of so many feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the whole entire system. So once we are able to actually replace the whole entire system, then you're talking, to, you know, so totally different. So we transitioning from band-aids to real infrastructure. Right. Okay, good. We got a minute and a half left. Ms. Armstrong, any uh, closing remarks? Anything you want to tell the public? Yes, I do. Um, the waste management is going to be turning 20 years coming up. Mm-hmm. So I just want to point out that in 20 years, we've made a lot of developments that we're going to show. We're going to say we started here, and this is our plan. We don't want to just show you where we are, but where we're going. Mm-hmm. And as we continue to do that in things like solid waste, we have to treat. When we see our trucks working, we got to treat it like a school bus. We can't swing around because somebody might be walking around. We can't speed past because we don't know what is coming. Every truck can't turn down every road. Mm-hmm. So those are things that we're going to be putting out, and we ask that you contact us. We manage and respond to all of our messages on our social media, and you can call and ask for somebody in the communications department. There's only four members. We're small but mighty. So myself, Miss Shayna Ritter, Sheena Ritter, Miss Charmin Springer, and Miss Lorna Minka. I, I hear an all kind of woman power and all that. You say we strong. What happened to That's the brothers? What, what happened to the brothers, man? What, what going on? You know, apply. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a different discussion down the road, right? I want to thank the waste management authority, Mr. Roger Merritt, for joining us, uh, Miss uh, Alice Kroll. Ms. Uh, Ms. Nazaria uh, Armstrong and of course Mr. Alex Bruni great conversation this morning looking forward to having you on again um, remember our, our stations we're, we're not a commercial station we're in the information station we're NPR station you don't have to worry about you know all that uh, other stuff fluff. that goes up. yeah the fluff I like that I like that I like that uh, thank you very much uh, Dwayne Henry for joining me earlier as well as Ms. Uh, Sarah White um, talk to you tomorrow be good and be safe enjoy the weather it's beautiful weather today a little warm but it's lovely outside talk to you then The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Early bird tickets are on sale now through Tuesday, November 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Sight Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255 and 340-690-7293. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are The I Lottery, Antilles School, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, and the VI Housing Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget.